preservation of our soul shine I can feel it yours and mine close your eyes and witness it inside in your bones you will know trust and let go All Things in the Name of Love, Episode 31, Following Your Gut, Becoming Self-Aware, and Developing Strong Boundaries with Sydney Nanberg. So Sydney Nanberg and I are talking today, and she has a mission to talk about anti-bullying, and she runs a marketing agency, and she's 25, and she's been on this crazy, amazing mission to help bring awareness to others, to realize that you have choice and you can stand up to bullies and you can be who you're supposed to be. Is that a fair summary? Yeah, no, that's great. Thank you. That's amazing. (laughs) So I want to talk to you about as a awakened person who's navigating the balance between being really spiritual and running a market agency and you love meditation and yet you have to be on top of social media. So how do you navigate that? Yeah. So I set boundaries and I have very strict routines because, you know, my career and then my passion lives online, you know, whether it's the blog or the, the, she did it podcast or my marketing company and my clients, it's all online. And it's and also, you know, just connecting with friends and family. It's online too. So I don't even use it for personal use anymore because it it can just consume my life. So setting boundaries for me is very, very important. So that means I dedicate, you know, a certain amount of time every morning for myself, which includes meditation, and at night for myself. And after a certain hour, there are no phones unless something is going on and it's Hectic. We. It, it, I mean, I'm not perfect. It's not always the same. But the mornings, you. I always start mornings with me. It, it includes waking up, hydrating, journaling, meditating. You know, going for a walk and taking time for me and setting my intentions and practicing gratitude. Things like that keep me balanced. And when I also, I, I always tell people, your morning routine starts at night. So I end my night in a very similar way. I put technology away and I journal and I hydrate and I meditate and I maybe listen to a podcast. If I'm on my phone, I'll listen to a podcast or I'll read a good book. I prefer to read a good book at night, but I try to do things that inspire me that have nothing to do with social media apps or email or anything like that. Because if I don't set those boundaries and put myself first, then I cannot be of best service to others. And I, when I'm not the best version of myself, then how can I show up and help other people? It's just going to turn into a disaster. So that's a lesson that I've learned. And it's taken me a while to form these habits and and put these boundaries in place, but it has made a drastic impact. When did you start putting up boundaries? Because I know you've had this journey of being bullied and getting suicidal. So when did you start having that awareness of, wait a minute, I'm important too, and I matter. Yeah, so that's a really good question. You know, obviously growing up, I really suffered emotionally, and it was pretty traumatic for me. 
And I did deal with being suicidal and all the anxiety and everything. And I really didn't have any boundaries because as much as I like to tell people I don't have a victim mentality, which I really don't, it still really affected me. And I didn't have the boundaries because I didn't love myself at the time. I I really kind of internalized everything that everybody was telling me. And it took until I was 19. Yeah, I was 19 at the University of Arizona for me to kind of wake up. And it it took me and I we talked about earlier, I was in a plant class and I <laughs> I love nature. It was a general education course and everybody in the class failed the test. And the, the professor basically said, you know, since everybody failed, you might want to reconsider your future or you're not ready for college or for the real world, whatever it was, something like that. And I went up to him and I thanked him and I was like, oh my God, what if? this is not my path. I was miserable. And I was like, I think I like if I could do anything in the world right now without fear, what would it be? And it was like that moment. And I don't know what it was in that moment. But it was that feel I just got a feeling Mm -hmm. that this is maybe, you know, my time. And so my answer was to, you know, move to Miami Beach and (laughs) on my own. And I'm from Chicago. And, you know, live on the beach and, you know, be just kind of take control of my life. And I realized, why am I allowing someone to tell me what my future holds? Not that I took it personally or anything, because I think he was probably trying to either, you know, scare us or maybe, you know, as a professor to have your whole class fail test. That's that's not a good look. Um, Whatever the reason was, it just like clicked in my head. And I just felt in my gut feeling like now is the time. And it inspired me to take action. And that's exactly what I did. So I started setting um, boundaries for myself. I started becoming very self-aware by doing things that I felt were right for me. And so I did everything that could scare me, like so that I could grow as a person and develop. I did comedy improv classes, public speaking, leadership classes. I got a job uh, doing sales to learn how to become the best salesperson because I was so painfully shy and I needed to learn about myself and I needed to grow and I needed to gain confidence and And it was time that I took control. And that's when I started doing those things. And I started putting systems in place, little things at a time. So I started creating to-do lists. And my to-do list, because I did drop out of school, they were commitments to myself. So wake up and make the bed, you know, wake Mm -hmm. up and and meditate, go for a walk. And I would check them off there, whatever it was. And I started little by little until I started gaining that confidence, that self-awareness. And I started to understand myself better. And then I made the move when I was 20 to Miami and I kept building off of just my gut feeling, I guess, and just taking one step at a time, no matter what obstacle or roadblock came my way. That's where the the boundaries and the self-awareness began from. And that's when I took control over my life. It was just that moment where I was like, okay, I'm going for it. Like in my gut feeling, as scary as it was, that that was, it was that moment. How have you seen paying attention to your gut changed the trajectories in your life? There's a massive difference. There are so many times when I'm like, I'm so grateful that I followed my gut feeling, even though it was difficult, because I know that it's meant to be following your gut feeling. This is something you and I talked about too, but sometimes you don't want to do the things like you had said that your gut feeling is like you need to be doing. And I've noticed that when I follow that, Feeling, no matter what, whether it feels good or it's like, mm, like I've noticed that I end up happier and in the right place. And when I don't, I, I don't end up, in my opinion, in the right place because I'm filled with more negative emotions. 
so, you know, it's following my gut feeling has changed everything. If I, even when I'm in, let's say I'm facing an obstacle in life, you know, you always have a choice. It's like, do you fight the obstacle or do you keep moving forward? And, you know, you have, we always have choices to make. You have to follow your gut feeling because internally, you know what you're meant to, where you're meant to be. But sometimes with all of the fear and external factors and everything, it kind of stops us. And I've noticed that when I don't get caught up in the external factors and I don't get caught up in in my mind and I follow my gut feeling, I'm just happier, even if it doesn't seem like it right away. Like even if I'm facing an obstacle, it's just a, it's something I've noticed. Or there were times that I didn't follow my gut feeling and I'll look back and I'll say, oh, I should have followed my, I had a, I had a feeling that this would happen. Mm-hmm. I knew. And that's how I've learned to also trust my gut feeling because there are I don't dozens of times that I've looked back and I've thought, I knew that was going to happen and I should have done this. But in the moment, it's really hard to do. But that mm-hmm. helped me to learn trust with myself. And now that's why I make decisions based off of my gut feeling. And it's led me to where I am today. And no matter how difficult the decision may be, it has put me in a place where I feel I am meant to be. Even if it's not exactly where I want to be in the moment, I know that I'm on the right path because I listen, choose to listen to myself. That is a beautiful gift that you've given yourself. Thank you. You're welcome. It's, it's, it's tough. Oh, yeah, I know it is. It's, it's because there's so many pressures on you to listen to what your family tells you, what society yes. tells you. And how do you, how do you navigate that? Like, what do you find are effective practices to when a family member gives you well-intended but bad advice, how do you navigate that? That is such a good and very relevant question for today, actually. (laughs) Uh, There was an incident uh, today um, with what I do with my anti-bullying campaign and my my podcast, my blog to help prevent suicide that, you know, I talk about self-care and mindset and, and all of these things to help inspire people. But one thing that I do is I share stories and lessons that I've learned in a positive way, lessons that, you know, tough lessons in life that I've learned and things that I've been through that are relatable for other people. Mm -hmm. um, But how I got, how I got through it and what it taught me so that other people can learn from me. Mm -hmm. But that requires me to be, and I'm an open book but not everyone in my family is. So a lot of lessons that I've learned, I have a very close, a very close and a very big family. Okay. And, you know, if I share something on my, for business and and one person doesn't like it within five minutes, it's everybody in the family knows. Oh, wow. And yeah, it's one of those families. So they're amazing and wonderful and loving and like have the best intentions. But then it starts with, you need to take that post down. You need to do this. You need to do that. And, but the reaction that I, and family is, is a priority. Number one to me, I'm a huge family person. So it's a, it's a conflicting because it's like, okay, on one hand here, I'm getting all this incredible feedback that I've, that that story I shared just impacts someone's life. But on the other hand, even though something that I don't do is mention for when we're, if we're talking about family names of people, mm-hmm. I don't mention you know specific nothing that anyone would know. So if I'm sharing a lesson that I learned from like family or something like that, I try to keep it like I don't involve anyone. I just mm-hmm. tell them from my angle. But they try to you know intimidate me sometimes to remove things. But this is my platform. 
Mm-hmm. Now, if something I, I would never intentionally do something to hurt anyone or to, you know, make someone feel bad, which is why I don't mention names. But when I get these responses, it's really hard for me because family is a priority. Yet my priority is all my, I've dedicated my life to helping others, to preventing suicides and and making an impact. And that's something that I've wanted to do forever. And I felt in my gut feeling since I was a little, since I could remember, it's what kept me going, part of what kept me going. And, you know, it's that in those moments, I have to listen to, to myself. And sometimes not everyone's opinion is, is right for you. And, you know, if, if like I said, if, if I'm doing something harmful to hurt someone, then it's like, okay, take it down. Don't do something that's going to hurt someone. Like I, I was raised with good morals and good values and to do the right thing. But mm-hmm. just because someone has an opinion doesn't mean that you have to internalize it and listen. And you really have to sometimes take a step back and decide for yourself based on what's right for you. And, and that's how I choose to navigate. It is a really tough situation when it comes to family because, you know, especially coming from a big family, they all have their opinions. <laughs> and you can, I could internalize all their opinions. You know, they could say, yeah. Sydney, how come you're not doing this? How come you're not doing that? Like, is your blog actually going to make you money? That's a big one. <laughs> I don't care if my blog makes me money. I don't care if my podcast makes me money. I care about the messages that I receive that it's making an impact. I, mm-hmm. I, that's what I care about. And so, you know, you have to learn to be self-aware and to understand who you are, what you want in life, and understand that everybody is going to have an opinion, family or not. You don't have to listen to it. And if you don't listen to it and someone's not happy, it'll either pass or you communicate with them or you got you have to do what's right for you. So that's how I've, I've learned to navigate. Um, I, I just know myself and I always do everything based on trying to help others. And I always try to do the right thing. And I'm always open to hearing opinions, but I don't internalize it. I don't always take everyone's opinion. I speak up and I, I'm, I stand strong for what I believe in. And I, I don't back down. Now, if someone's right about something, I'll, I'll consider it. Always mm-hmm. consider it. I'm always open to hearing. But at the end of the day, you have to know what you want and you have to be crystal clear and you do what's good, what works for you. So I will share something that's related to this. A very close family member taking your lead and I had a disagreement recently and I said, I hear you. Mm-hmm. I understand what you're saying. And this is why it's not going to happen this way. This individual mm-hmm. got super mad at me because I didn't agree with them. Right. And it was fascinating because it wasn't that big of a thing, but mm-hmm. the response was, how dare you disagree with me? I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I didn't know this was a dynamic we had because right. it was just so blown up out of proportion to my disagreement that it was like, has this been like a long standing thing that I just didn't bring awareness to before? Because that's just kind of a really strong reaction to something that doesn't matter. Right. And I did it. Yeah. I did what I thought was right, anyways, and and there was resentment, and it was like, right. okay. but it's a it's a challenging because you don't want to hurt their feelings, right? You want to do the right thing, and you also need to share your story because you're helping other people. Yeah, and you know, just because I might have an opinion about something, or you might have an opinion about something, or your family member, and communication is key and important, but. Some you don't always have to agree 
and that's okay. That really, as, as long as it's not intentionally harmful mm-hmm. to someone, where someone is like, you know, in tears and like you're 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 intentionally trying to to do something bad. It's everybody's entitled to their opinion, and you, you don't you're entitled to make decisions based on what's good for you. And and I I had very, something very similar happen. I mean, I'll I'll share it. What happened was I had a falling out with a family member, uh, not a family member, actually. I had a a business partner who was connected to my family. (laughs) She was my cousin's girlfriend. And uh, she really uh, intentionally and maliciously tried to uh, ruin my reputation in my business, which I've built up over the last five years. Wow. Yeah. So this is what's been going on. And that's why I said, oh, very relevant for today. What I decided to do with the situation is to try to remain as optimistic as possible. I shared that in a post because that's part of what I do. I shared what I just said. And then I said, I have the choice to, I I don't remember exactly how I said it, but you know, I can internal, I can internalize the opinions around me or I can speak up for what's right and I can keep moving forward or I can lash out. You know, we have choices in life. We all face obstacles. We all face roadblocks. And you, like I, I said something along the lines of what we're talking about. And it was something where I used it as an example, but in a positive way. And that's where I got a lot of really positive messages from people. And that's what stirred up problems within my family. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, I felt that the message was not to hurt anyone. And, and, and I keep saying hurt anyone because it's, it's a bad situation, but you know, I'm making the best out of it and I'm using mm-hmm. it to try and help other people mm-hmm. uh, without bringing my family into it. Right. And, you know, I get so many opinions from other people of what you should and shouldn't do and you can and can't post or you should say and you shouldn't say. And it's like, at the end of the day, if you are following your gut feeling and your intuition and you know that you're doing it for the right reason, you have to stick with that despite the repercussions, because if someone really loves you, understands you and respects you, then you can always agree to disagree or that, I mean, that's really it. And if they don't agree in whatever, then that's really on them because you, you have to do what's good for you at the end of the day. It's tough. It's really tough to navigate, but Mm -hmm. you have to be self-aware to know what you want. So given your childhood upbringing, and the fact that you have an extensive family, I have a smaller family than you, but I know for me, bringing the awareness to the dynamics of my family and how I shut down from being a very sensitive kid in an environment that didn't really honor sensitivity. And I know you're sensitive too. How did you gain that discernment for separating the opinion from the love? Like that's a really good question. Yeah. You know, I've had a hard time with this because, you know, like we said, like growing up, I, I dealt with a lot of emotional abuse and trauma in school. And so I always thought, you know, I, like I said before, I, I really disliked myself. Like I had zero confidence. And so I never knew the difference between like an opinion coming from someone caring or, you know, maybe they're just out to get me or it was very confusing for a very long time. I never knew anyone's intentions because I was so guarded, I guess. Mm-hmm. I, I've never even talked about this stuff. This is a really good question. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, I was very guarded for many years. Didn't know 
who to trust. To me, I was just, anytime anyone would speak to me, it was like, are they, like, is something bad going to happen? Are they Mm -hmm. trying to be mean to me? And are they going to put me down? And that's, it changed once I went away to school. And when I had that moment where I decided to become self-aware and I decided this is enough. Mm -hmm. And as I became more confident in myself, once I understood myself better and once I learned to trust myself more and once I started, you know, following my gut feeling and what was good for me, I was able to then separate, you know, okay, I could tell what was like the people who truly cared from the people who were, who didn't care. I was able to differentiate it. Like Mm -hmm. when I look back to the people who bullied me, like I can see now the difference between them and someone who comes to me with an opinion that I might not like, Mm -hmm. but they're coming at it from a place of love. And I understand that. And I hear them and I communicate. And that has been something that I've had to work very hard on over the last five years since I've moved and created this life for myself. And it really stemmed from just knowing me and trusting me and trying to look at the world a little bit differently that yes, I had these incidents happen, but that doesn't mean that everybody's bad. So as I gained the confidence in myself and the trust in myself, I I started to see the world a little bit differently. And that's really, I think, how I was able to differentiate both. But when it comes to family, for example, I I have a very close relationship with my family. So I know that even if they call me and they yell at me and they're like, to me, this is wrong. Like, you know, I'm upset. This is my opinion. I don't care what you think. I know that they love me and I know that they just disagree. And Mm -hmm. I know my family. There are other people in my family who care about themselves. And that's a whole other story. There are other friends that I have who are just, you know, friends that I've had since I was a a, a kid. And, you know, they're, they're going through something, they're self-absorbed and they might tell me something. And it's like, okay, this is not coming from a good place, but I know they're going through something. Like Mm -hmm. I'm able to see things a little bit differently now. I'm able to see that, you know, when someone doesn't treat someone right, for example, that a lot of times there's an internal issue happening within them and it has nothing to do with anyone else. I'm able to tell if someone just has a difference in opinion. It's just taken a long time and it's taken a lot of internal work for for me to, Mm -hmm. to understand that. I think that answered, I hope that answered. Yeah, it did. It did. No one's ever, that's what, that's one that I've never really thought about. Well, thank you. (laughs) Yeah, no, great question. Because it's, it's really hard. So I'll, I'll give an example. So, um, from, from my experiences, my grandmother and I had a, a complex relationship, I'll say. And I decided when I was 10, I was going to get my PhD because my grandfather wanted to be a doctor and he gave that up for family and never attained his dream. So that was like part of, a big part of the reason why I got my PhD. So from 10 to 36, that's my focus. And I get my PhD when I'm 36 years old. I mm-hmm. see my grandmother when I, when I graduated. I said, Grandma, you're not going to believe this, but I finally got my PhD in history. I'm a doctor. And she looked at me. And she said, where are my grandchildren? Yes, very common. Yes, I, I know that one. And I was so hurt. Right. Because I didn't know that, like, A, you never told me that expectation. B, right. you never cared to find out what I wanted. Right. And then see, you just knocked down 14 years of college because I didn't give you what you wanted instead of celebrating me. 
Mm-hmm. How did you deal with that? Well, my old reaction, because I'm emotionally repressed at 36, is shock right. and, and leaving the room. And yeah. just being really hurt and not crying because I didn't think crying was a, is a thing I could do. And so for several years, there was a lot of anger towards her because it was like, wait a minute, you can't even just see this accomplishment that I did partly for your husband, who was my best friend. And it didn't matter to you because I didn't meet your ever-changing expectations for me, which you don't communicate. So that took a lot of healing for me to do because it was, it was, it was like, you're not good enough. Right. But what happened was over time, I realized that that was the question I was telling, or that was the statement I was telling myself, I'm not good enough. And once I healed that from within, what I was able to see was someone who didn't get to do what she wanted. So she was placing her hopes and dreams and expectations on her grandchildren. Absolutely. That's, I think, what I was trying to get at is that once, you know, for for me, once I got older, I realized I I was able to separate it because I realized the people who either bullied me or people, I have that, had a very similar situation happen to me. When you look back and you see there something, it's something internal within them. Mm -hmm. And that shifts your your perspective. Mm -hmm. But if it triggers you, if you get hurt by it, then you have to do the work inside because it's something that you needed to heal. Right. And then you have limiting beliefs that once you become aware of those limiting beliefs, you can then find a solution and, and heal and allow yourself to heal because you have a better understanding. So what are some of the practices you use to navigate those limiting beliefs? There's a few things that I do. Okay. So we all have limiting beliefs, whether we're aware of it or not. I mm-hmm. mean, I'm sure we have more than we think. I still have limiting beliefs. Part of my strict routines that I told you about and, and setting boundaries and, and everything is to spend that time focusing on me and becoming aware of myself. I, mindfulness and awareness, as we've spoken about even earlier, it's obviously a very big deal for me. And what I do is I use meditation as a time to let thoughts come in and out of my mind so that I can best understand myself. And, you know, that brings up different emotions. Something else that I do is journaling. I I sit in the morning and at night and I set a timer for five minutes and I write about three pages, whatever comes to my mind, and I end up having realizations. The next thing that I do, maybe once a week or twice a month is I'll sit down after doing that because I'll have these realizations. I have every day my meditation where I let thoughts come and go and it brings up a lot of emotions. I'll sit down and I'll say, okay, where do I want to be and what is holding me back? And what have I been going through based on all these emotions that have come up and, you know, maybe realizations and, you know, a clear understanding of myself, because I feel like we can always improve always. There's no Mm -hmm. finish line to, to personal development. So I will write out where I want to be and what's holding me back. What's holding me back are my limiting beliefs. So Mm -hmm. I will then take each limiting belief and break it down and come up with a solution. And I will do things to challenge myself. And that started when I was in college before I left, when I decided to show up for me. And I decided to do everything that scared me and that challenged me 
so that I could grow as a person because I didn't believe that I could do public speaking. I didn't believe that I could be quick on my feet, which is why I did improv comedy. Mm -hmm. I didn't think I could be the, the best salesperson because I didn't believe in myself. So I had to figure out, okay, what is holding me back? And then I had to do those things. So my daily practices of meditation, journaling, self-care and, and mindfulness allows me to understand myself better so that I can then, you know, once a week or, you know, however often throughout the month, whenever I'm feeling like something needs to change, I will just write it out. What, what's stopping me? And then I'll break each one down. And that is the best way. And then challenge myself. And then I will find a way to challenge myself. If I am afraid of public speaking again, for some reason, then I will find a way to do a speaking event. In the last year, since I've dealt with a lot of loss and death, I've dealt with a lot of panic attacks. And so my boyfriend travels a lot for work. And when I'm home by myself, I've never had this issue before. There are times when I'll wake up in the middle of the night and I've you know, gotten out of bed and I'm panicking and I've passed out. And that scares me. So then I feel like, oh my God, do I, do I go back home to Chicago while he's gone? Do I go stay with my family who's in Florida, also a little further north? And it's like, I have these, these thoughts that are, are running through my mind. And in order to stop them and, and shift the story that I'm telling myself, I have to do what makes me uncomfortable, which means staying here at, in, at my home by myself when he's gone. And I have to show myself that I can get through it, that, you know, that you have to challenge yourself based on those beliefs, but you have to understand what those beliefs are. And that starts with, learning to understand yourself. So that's why I have routines in place. It's so that I can continuously get better, show up as the best version of me so that I can best help other people. And that's how I get further in life. So tangential to that, how many family members have you lost? In the last year, I have lost three family members and three, I want to say three, because I'm missing someone because I have so much going on. But two were also are now going through cancer. Oh wow. Um so three and one of them, one of them actually I know I don't really I always say people but one of them is actually my dog Cooper who passed away on my birthday this year. Aww. And the reason that I mean everybody loves their pets pets are incredible unless mm-hmm. you're not a pet person but <laughs> Cooper came into my life when I was in high school when I was a freshman I believe. And I was going through one of the worst times in my life where I really was suicidal. Mm-hmm. And I always say, if it weren't for him, I don't know where I'd be right now, despite my mindset. But he, I always say he saved my life. Mm-hmm. And I have like tears in my eyes now as I'm talking about it. Mm-hmm. So it's like he came into my life at the worst time. And then on my birthday this year, I officially, so I started my anti-bullying campaign a year and a half ago, but I had this goal of revamping it and starting the podcast in a different way and just totally redoing it. And my goal was to have it done on my birthday. Mm. And it was done on my birthday. And then that night I got a call that, that uh, he, they had to put him down. And it was like, he almost came into my life when I needed him most. And he left when he knew that I was going to be okay. I, it's mm. a crazy thing. So I lost my grandfather, who I had a great relationship with, who was incredible. And my cousin to cancer, who was only, you know, it's 54, I think she was. Mm. Um, and I have a close family. So, I mean, it's just, um, it's been a traumatic year. My other grandfather was in the hospital for a while and dealing with a lot of health issues. It's just been, you know, a, a lot of loss. I mean, the, my business I built up over five years took on a business partner a, a year ago. It's been a nightmare. 
And mm-hmm. now and I, I look I look at everything as a lesson learned and I handle it the best I can and it's resolved and we're okay. We're moving forward because that's what you do and you take care of it professionally, but it's like life happens and it's it's hard and yeah. I honestly don't remember your question. That's okay. <laughs> but that's well, who I lost. The, the reason why I'm asking is because I know a lot of people who have experienced loss feel their intuition developing more deeply after the after the loved ones have passed. Absolutely. We did talk about this a little um, before too today, but yeah, I definitely feel like I've become more intuitive despite, you know, the amount of obstacles I've faced. I feel like for some reason I'm being led in a completely different direction than I was last year. Mm -hmm. And I think, and every day, you know, whether I'm in the shower or on a run, it's like in my head, I'm talking to my family members or my dog or whoever. I'm I'm talking to, and I just feel like these things that are happening, okay, the loss, it it sucks. There's no Mm -hmm. nice or easy way to put it. It sucks. It's awful. It's the worst. Mm-hmm. that's it. it it's awful but I almost feel like it's like spiritually or intuitively it's guiding me in a completely different path and I'm going through all these obstacles not because of the loss but I feel like it's like it's hard to explain like they like I feel like I'm being guided somewhere different in a more po- in a place where I'm meant to be and I can't help think that maybe it's because of them and I I don't mm-hmm. know if that sounds crazy to a lot of people but no no not my listeners (laughs) yeah to me it's a very interesting experience I've lost um I I grew up with my great-grandparents I lost them when I was in like middle school or so uh if my my mom listens to this she might correct me but like I grew Mm -hmm. up with that so like I dealt with loss and things like that but I never but not at this age and time in my life where I had Mm -hmm. very very close relationships with people and uh, obviously my dog and um, it's it's a different experience, and I yeah. notice things are very it's very different now. This year has been very different than than last year, and it's interesting to see. But I feel oh, more yeah. intuitive. Yeah, I I can definitely feel. I've I felt I felt nudges is the word I use. Like I I'll pause and I'll listen and I'll be like, should I do this or should I do this? If I don't have a strong opinion about you, especially if I have an opinion about it. I want to check in to make sure that I'm going the right way. And I'll sense that I'm getting guided. Like I'll just have yeah. this, it's like, it's not, I'll say it's not me. Like creating this podcast was not me. I had no interest, like even though I've done voiceovers for 10 years and I worked at the main folk life center and learned how to do interviews, like all of my skill sets are being used while I do this podcast. However, it never occurred to me, the ego, it was something that I've had all of this life experience leading me up to it. And it's for a greater purpose. Right. It has nothing to do with my ego. Right. But my ego is going, what are you doing? <laughs> right. But it's like this interesting, I like how you put it like a nudge. It's new to me mm-hmm. and it's interesting, but I, I definitely feel a different I feel something is is different uh obviously they're not here which is very hard on me but the difference within my intuition is is for the best although it's leading me down some interesting paths that are uh that involve a lot of obstacles but it's almost for the the like I see weird things working out in different ways it's it's interesting 
Oh yeah. Interesting you bring that up. Well, it's interesting because you're not in control. Like you're you're right. in control of your choice. Like, am I going to follow this or not? That's what you're in control of, but you're not in right. control of the outcome. And that's, for me, that's what's come as I listen to my heart and my gut more and less to my brain. When my, my brain gets in the way, I love my brain. It's amazing. But when <laughs> my brain gets in the way, that's when I trip myself up. Right. No, me and, too. That's the biggest issue. That's the external factors of like that we allow sometimes. And, and that's normal. I mean, it's fear. Mm-hmm. But it, this topic is very interesting because it's one I haven't thought much about, but I've noticed. It's fascinating to really think about it and, you know, look, back. I'm thinking right now, I'm like thinking back to different situations where things happened and it guided me in a different direction that I would have never expected. And I'm like, but it happened for the best, like just unexpected things or it's that nudge. You're, you're, you're right. It's interesting. Now I'm thinking back to all these situations and different things that have happened to me. Yeah. It's, it's fascinating when you, when you, when you just feel that. I'll be sitting on the couch and all of a sudden I'll get up and do something and I won't even know what it is I'm doing until I get there. Right. And it's like, oh yeah, this is a good idea. But it, it wasn't something I consciously thought of. You just did it. Or I'll have a song come in my head that I haven't heard in a decade. And it's the it's like the right lyrics for whatever the context of the situation is. Yes, yes. Okay, this is really I and that too. I, I've I've always been able to recall lyrics, but I always thought it was like me. But no, it's not. It's, I, it's the situation. Like I'll have a situation, and like the lyrics will like the exact line will pop in. That's completely the most descriptive thing for that situation, and I'll be like, "That wasn't me." But what does that fit? <laughs> I think that that's so interesting you say that because I, I actually thought about that the other day because I had a situation happen and uh, obviously this right now it's relevant, this you know business situation. My business is fine. We're up. We're going. We're moving forward. Everybody's taken care of. But you know emotionally it's impacting me because it's a family yeah. situation. And as I left an appointment with a client, which you know I'm thankful that you know, everything went well and I was able to take care of it, a song came on the radio and I don't remember what the song was and it just it was a very positive and like upbeat. It was like what I needed to hear mm-hmm. in that moment to keep me moving forward. And I was like, how ironic that that's the song. So now what I do every time I get in the car or and a song comes on or like I'll, you know, use my, my Bluetooth and listen to music on my phone. Sometimes random songs pop up. And it doesn't go in. Usually, it, should, it goes in order because I still, even though I'm 25 years old, I don't use Spotify and I buy my songs still on iTunes. And usually, it goes in alphabetical order when you when when it when it when the phone uh, like when the Bluetooth connects and it doesn't a lot of the time and it really? goes to a random song and it for some reason has to do with the lyrics match with the situation and I'm always like. Why did it choose that song? So now every time I get in the car, I allow whatever song it is to just play. Because I'm like, this is a sign. Someone, this doesn't make sense. Unless now I I look it up and Apple like says, you know, hey, that that we do that. (laughs) Like, I just wanted, I choose to believe that that's really strange. That's not how it's always worked. So it's a sign or even just on the radio. Oh, yeah. Like you can find signs all over the place. If, if yeah, it's open to them. 
if you're open to it. That's the thing, if you're open to it. And I am because I think that it's another way to connect and to almost feel like you're at peace and to feel like you're protected and to feel uh, just a, a sense of, of calm, like you're doing the right thing. I don't, I don't know how to explain it. No, I, I, I get it. I have yeah. a... I have a friend who um, channels spirits, which is pretty cool. And she channeled my dad a couple months ago. Oh, and, wow. And it was really powerful because I felt like I was getting hugged without wow. the hug. It was, it was, it, I was just consumed with love. And it was like, he's okay. He's okay. I knew he was okay, but, but feeling that was like... I, it was like, oh, so we just have this illusion that there's only three dimensions. Right. But he's okay. And so it's so beautiful because now I know, like, I can't document it. I don't have, like, I don't have physical proof that this happened, but I know it happened. Right. And I think when I, I remove that illusion of thinking that things exist only if I see, if I, if I use my senses, then they exist. But if I can't see or feel or touch or smell or taste in the three dimensions, that doesn't mean they don't exist. It just means I can't experience them in those, in those senses. It's a hard concept to grasp, but when you're open to it, you see more than you may realize. Mm -hmm. And maybe not, Physically, I mean, I'm not like I don't I don't see people or anything, but right. you feel certain things because mm -hmm. you're so in tune to it, and that's when you start to think, hmm, that's interesting, and you it it changes everything. I mean, my life has drastically changed in the last year, and so in in bad and in a good way. Yeah, and it's a very interesting concept. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm thinking, I'm like now, I'm like. Look, I'm still thinking back to all these situations where, you know, where I'm trying to become more aware because oftentimes at first, you know, for the first half of the year, I did try to avoid even thinking about it because it was so painful for oh, me yeah. to, to have all the loss, right? Yeah. And it's only been a year. But now I start to see things very differently. It's, 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 hard, it's hard for me to explain, but I see what you're saying and I, and I'm, I feel the same way. That's awesome. Yeah. I have a lot to think about. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I've taken up a lot of your time today, so I'm going to bid you adieu, my friend. Thank you so much for having me. This has been absolutely incredible, eye-opening. I hope I've been able to provide a lot of value to your listeners, and I, I hope that everybody knows that they're not alone in whatever situation it may be in life. And a lot of the things we talked about are so relatable and mm -hmm. it, and the best thing about the questions that you asked is that it really get, it gave me a lot to think about and it challenged <laughs> me. You, you asked questions that I had never really thought about, but it also gives other people things to think about in life too, so that they can make an improvement. And I think that that's so powerful and I just hope that everybody found value in this and I, all of your podcast episodes are, are incredible. So thank, um, you. so thank you again for taking the time and I love your, your podcast. This has been great. Thank you so much, honey. The action item of the week is to find out where in your life that you're lacking boundaries. 
An example would be, when do you turn off your phone at night? Maybe you could move that up an hour earlier and see what happens. That's all for this week. Until next time, I bid you the highest peace, love, and prosperity. Namaste. Can you help me redefine truth and preservation of our soul shine? I can feel it yours and mine. Close your eyes and witness it inside. In your bones, you will know. Trust and let go. And let it flow.